Hey everyone, welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Every episode is a journey where I take you to explore crime, forensics, and historical cases. Join me as I inform, educate, and entertain true crime enthusiasts through criminal justice and dark history tours. My name is Judith A. Yates, and I'm an award-winning author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Now, grab your crime scene kits, notebooks, and hats, and join me on this investigation. The date is November 15, 1944. The place is Argentina. You are about to meet Argentina's first known serial killer, whose crimes began when he was only seven years old. This is the case of Cayanto Santos Godinho, Argentina's first serial killer who is still talked about today. It's November 15, 1944, and of the 600 inmates in Osuea Prison in Osuea, Tierra de Fuego, Argentina, there is now one less housed in the 380 cells. The prison officers' boots are echoing off the stone floor as they come running and the heavy wooden cell doors creaking open to reveal Cayetano Santos Godino. He's lying dead in his cell. Inmates and staff are probably uttering good riddance throughout the prison because Godino was a pyromaniac, an animal and child abuser, and he's considered Argentina's first serial killer. They called him the big-eared midget, and now he's dead. Buenos Aires can breathe a collective sigh of relief because this long, horrific chapter in Argentina's criminal history is finally over. But how did this all start? Let's talk about it. Cayetano Santos Godino was Buenos Aires' native son. He was born in 1896 into an Italian immigrant family. There were eight boys and they had very abusive alcoholic parents. This family was destitute. They were barely making it hand to mouth and they called him Santos. Now he had very poor health from birth because both his parents being terrible alcoholics and his father also had syphilis before Santos was even born. So that was passed down. Now again, both parents are severe alcoholics. We're talking stage four where they're drinking to feel, feel, feel normal. And Santos's strange appearance might be the result of fetal alcohol syndrome. Of course, it was not known then. But as he's growing, he's just taunted and teased everywhere he goes. He grew up in one of the absolute poorest slums in Argentina. It was built around a slaughterhouse. So daily, little kids are watching these cows being slaughtered alive in the streets. And there's gangs in these streets that are basically running everything. Houses are made of scraps of metal and tin and wood. Anything the people could throw together to create a sanctuary for themselves and their families. And if you can imagine the smells and the sights and just the feeling of this slaughterhouse just 
penetrating the senses. You can feel it. You can smell it. It just clings to your clothes and your hair and your skin. And you cannot get away from the smell of death and blood and bone of these animals just being literally hacked to death on your street, sometimes right out in front of your home. It was survival of the fittest just to step outside of your shack. Santos, let's talk about what he looked like. He had this childlike body. He had a small body, but he had these unusually long arms and legs. And his most prominent feature, he had these large kind of jug ears that stuck out from his skull. He usually wore his hair short. When he was a child, he wore it in what we used to call a bowl cut, where it looked like your mom stuck a, bowl, a soup bowl on your head and then trimmed around the sides. And when, of course, he was a man, he grew it out like a, a man's haircut, short, parted on the side. But he grew to stand barely four feet tall. So he was always a small boy and grew up to be a very short man. From the moment he was old enough to step into a classroom, that's when the documentation began of him being bad. And it revealed how Santos just starts exhibiting some very early warning signs of both predatory and homicidal behavior. Now, he's getting kicked out of school, and he's leaving school, so he's just sort of bouncing school to school. No one, the teachers, the staff, adults, even his parents, could even manage his behavior. He had no interest in education. So here's Santos, and he's just wandering the streets of the worst slum in Argentina, and he's escaping the doldrums of school, the abuse at home. It was terribly abusive in his house and the overall poverty that's around him. And he starts torturing and killing animals, cats, birds, whatever he can get his hands on. His father even finds dead birds in Santos's shoes and under the boy's bed. Santos killed and then kept these dead animals under his bed until that putrid smell would force him to toss them out. So not only is he just this mean little kid wandering the streets, but he has these dead cats and birds and small dogs, whatever else he can find to kill and torture. And he's keeping them under his bed. Now, he was a fire starter. Santos began setting fires whenever he could lay his hands on a match. And he loved fire. We'll get to that in just a moment. And furthermore, he's just a mean little boy. Super Nanny would have had a heyday with this kid. He wasn't just a mean little boy, but he was a bully. And he was frightfully mean. Now, here are just a few of the crimes that we know Santos committed. A seven-year-old Santos severely beat a two-year-old boy. And he was throwing the little body into a ditch of thorny bushes. Now, it wasn't enough to beat this little boy almost to death, but then he throws him into these thorny bushes that, now that the boy's still alive, he's got to crawl out of these bushes. Well, a witness catches them and takes them both to a police station. And Santos's parents comes and picks him up, the dutiful parents they are. By now, though, Santos's family is privy to his horrific behavior, but not even police intervention can help him because at eight years old, 
officers have stopped Santos from pounding rocks into the body of this little girl, a much younger child. But again, because of his age, the family gets called and Santos goes home. Still, Santos does not stop. He was holding a lit cigarette to the eyelids of a two-year-old when the baby's mother heard her screams of anguish and comes running. This time, Santos just escaped. Finally, Santos gets arrested when trying to drown a two-year-old in a horse trough full of water. And again, his age prevents him from being kept behind bars. Finally, Santos does spend some time behind bars. His parents were always catching him masturbating. And finally, they turned him over to the cops. See, at the time, masturbation was an illegal act. Santos had broken what was called Article 282, the Penal Code of the United States of Brazil, October 11, 1890. And it was, quote, offending good manners with impudent exhibitions, obscene acts or gestures, attentive to modesty, practiced in public or attended by the public, and which, without offense to individual honesty, insult and scandalized society, end quote. And because he was caught in a sexual crime, the booking photos were taken of him nude from the front and from the side. And when these were taken of him, he was 10 years old. Now, in these photos, these booking photos of him naked, his eyes look like an old man's circles under them. And if you look closely, they just reflect fear, maybe shock. Again, they're the eyes of an old man. And his hair is in that soup bowl cut. And most notably, those prominent, prominent ears are standing out. Santos' parents, again, would retrieve him, and hoping the juvenile institution had reformed him, they announced, hey, we found you a job. It's in a factory. Great. Santos has work. He's staying out of trouble. He'll stay off the street. Most importantly, he'll contribute to the family. He'll learn to be a productive citizen. It lasted maybe a few months. Santos leaves. He takes to the streets, and now, just like his parents, He's drinking. So now he's got that fuel by alcohol just keeping him going and maybe fueling his need to commit crime. So he basically just picked up where he left off, but now he's drinking. A 13-year-old naked child's corpse was found in an abandoned house in 1912. The victim had been severely beaten and had a rope tied around the throat. To this day, it remains a cold case, but the police at the time and still believe Santos was a suspect. Santos's love affair with fire just never ended. There's something about that red and yellow and the flames just licking and shooting into the air. It just fascinated him. While his fascination led to charges of arson, it also resulted in at least one known death. He tried to burn down a train station, but the flames were extinguished before any damage was done. 
And in January 1912, at the age of 16, he was arrested for burning down a warehouse. In March of 1912, there was a five-year-old girl who died as a result of the burn she suffered because Santos purposely set fire to her dress. And he tells the arresting officers, I like to see firemen working. It's nice to see how they fall into the fire. There were two more fires in late September, but both were extinguished before severe damage could be done. And fiery endeavors by Santos, there was murder. Santos Godinho's first arrest for attempted murder was on November 8, 1912. He was caught trying to choke an eight-year-old boy to death. Santos was released and awaiting trial, and he was again caught beating a child. This time, it was a three-year-old. On the 20th, a neighbor stopped Santos from kidnapping a two-year-old girl. And in November 1912, it was turning to December and Santos is spending his last days of freedom. Jesualdo Giordano was not yet two years old when Santos finds him playing outside the Giordano home. Santos goes to the baby, wants some candy, and of course, little Jesualdo happily obliges. So Santos is using this temptation of, want some candy? Come here with me, get some candy. And he leads Jesualdo to an empty building away from the area. Once inside, he, he gets the little boy inside the building. Santos shoves the baby to the floor and takes his belt and tries to choke Jesualdo to death. Well, then he uses the belt to bind Jesualdo's arms and legs. And that's when the beating began. He couldn't choke him to death, so he just starts pounding on him. And later, he would admit that at this time, Santos started thinking of driving a nail into the little boy's skull to kill him. So Santos leaves this crumbling, broken down building to look for a nail. And instead, he runs into Jesualdo's father. And the old man says, I can't find Jesualdo. He's panicking. He can't find his little boy. He says, have you seen him? And very coolly, Santos says, no. So Santos goes to retrieve a brick and a hammer. Now he's at the scene of the crime. And he hammers that nail using the brick into little Jesualdo's skull. And now he's trying to hide the dead body best he can. And he leaves the scene of the crime. However, Jesualdo's father has not given up his search, and he's looking everywhere, everywhere, and he sees this abandoned building and goes in there with hope against hope. Maybe his son just tottered, you know, toddled into there. It was less than 15 minutes after his little boy had gone missing that he finds the little boy with the nail pounded into his little broken body. The wake is held in the family home, which at the time was per tradition, with the little body on display. And Santos Godino attended the wake, but when he walked up to the body, he starts touching the hole where the nail had been embedded in the little boy's head. 
Santos was arrested that following day, and without a doubt, without hesitation, he admits to this horrific crime. And he also admits to something else. He says when he was 10 years old, Santos had abducted a little girl named Maria Rosa. Maria was only three, and he tried to strangle her, but then he didn't really succeed. So he dug a hole, and he buried her alive. And this was on March 29, 1906. Santos earns the nickname of the big-eared midget, obviously due to his protruding ears and his small statue. And he was declared mentally disabled, unaware of his actions, and sent to a mental health facility, which at the time is called an asylum, in January 1913. And he gets interviewed by doctors and such, and he is declared legally insane. The big-eared midget proved he could not stay out of trouble. Even in a reformatory, he's in trouble. He picked up an attempted murder charge when he tried killing fellow patients. And still, a judge rules that Santos was unable to understand his actions. Now, the Chamber of Appeals overturns the ruling. This is 1915. And they sent Santos Godinho to life in prison. In March of 1923, the courts had Santos transferred to the Ushuaia prison. And still, Santos's bloodlust and penchant for fires were unabated. Now, at Ushuaia, the inmates kept two pet cats behind bars. They were taking care of the animals, they were feeding them, and they were just caring for these cats. Sometimes people find it hard to believe that Killers and rapists and murderers and robbers would care about animals, but we even see this today where inmates will take care of animals, feed them, nurture them. Again, we, we still see this today. So these inmates at Ushuaia are just, they love these cats, and they were sort of considered mascots of the prison. Well, 1933, Santos grabs the cats, he beats them to death, he starts a fire, and he throws the poor cat's carcasses into the fire. Now, this is not a smart move because his fellow inmates were outraged. And this time, Santos gets locked in with at least 599 very disgusted individuals, and they are seeking revenge. Officers of the prison find Santos beaten very close to death. So most of 1933 finds Santos in the prison hospital, and once he's released, he still remains very ill from the beating. Now, we're back to 1944, and we find Santos dead. It was considered mysterious circumstances. Was it the beating that the inmates gave him for killing these cats? Who knows, because it's legally listed as internal bleeding due to gastritis. Whatever it was, it was the end to a horrific era. Cayetano Santos Godinho, Argentina's considered first serial killer, who is still talked about today. Because today, Ushuaia Prison in Argentina is no longer a prison. 
guided tours are offered, and visitors can have their photo made with a life-size statue of Santos. Thank you for listening to Best True Crime Podcast. We are a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Every episode is a journey where I take you to explore crime, forensics, and historical cases. Join me next episode as I inform, educate, and entertain true crime enthusiasts through criminal justice and dark history tours. My name is Judith A. Yates. I am an award-winning author, a criminologist, and paranormal explorer. I hope you subscribe, and please stop by my website and check out my books and the games created by my team at www.truecrimebook.net.